0: From us, how are we doing this weekend? <clears throat> Great to see you. All of our campuses welcome, whether you're in Campbell or God is moving in Campbell, whether you're in Anderson or North Knoxville, the last few weeks in a temporary situation, or Blount County, or Internet, or Pellissippi, we're thrilled to choose to worship with us. As you saw in that video, we're going to do a three-week, it's not really a series, we to do a big weekend at Christmas, this year, we're going to do three. It'll begin the first weekend in December. That'll be two weeks from now, and we will we'll do part of the Christmas story. Then we'll take a story out of Faith Promise, and then we will come back and do a message. So there are great weekends at every campus. You can pick these cards up, a story of Christmas. They've got the times for all of our campuses, so all of the campuses can use the same card. Just grab some, hand them out. The second weekend of the Storied Christmas is the best gospel presentation. So if you've got lost family or friends that you want to get to come, the second weekend of December is the best week. But, in, but put these out, let your friends know, it is going to be an amazing deal. You can go to faithpromise.org backslash Christmas. You can go to the Facebook, you can like it. One of the, our, our, our greatest attended series we've done all year was Open House, and part of it is because we sent out 70,000 e-invitations. 70,000 people saw the, what, the, the trailer for that series, and so go to Faith Promise, put it on Twitter, Instagram, pin it, whatever you do. You know, just get it out there and, and man, let's invite everybody. It's going to be an unbelievable December. Were you guys ready for Thanksgiving? Anybody ready for Thanksgiving? Amen. <clears throat> I love Thanksgiving. I, I mean, I really do. I love everything about Thanksgiving. It's wonderful. I love deep fried turkey and man, all the stuff and watching football and, and just everything that goes along, the family coming in. It is amazing. And so this Thanksgiving, like every other, uh, we have so much to be thankful about. Would y'all agree with that? I mean, are we just not the most blessed people on the planet? I told the Lord this morning in my quiet time, which I was getting ready to go deer hunting early this morning, and the power tear pump went out of my truck. And all the deer lovers rejoiced that some humongous buck is still alive today that would have been dead had I gone. But uh, but so I you know was I was just spending time in my journal. I said, Well, Lord, instead of in the tree, I'm going to be praying in my man cave. And and uh, but just I said, You know, Lord, I'm the I'm the most blessed person I know. I hope you feel that way. I don't know anybody that's more blessed. I mean, I don't know anybody's more blessed. You know, you hear people say, I love to be so and so. I wouldn't love to be anybody else. Because I don't know anybody as blessed as I am. And I hope you feel that way, that you say, wait a minute, I'm the most blessed person. We ought to be just grateful. Now, we finished the the uh, month of miracles and stories are coming in, answers to prayer. Again, please email those to us at stories at faithpromise.org, how God answered your prayer, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to do something different this year. Usually, we wait two weekends from the... Heart for the Harvest Offering Weekend to let you know, but y'all have been beating us to death in every way that you can ask what happened last weekend for Heart for the Harvest. Let's do a little review, shall we? Uh, As we go back and we really begin to think about 210 Heart for the Harvest, a million, one, four, two. It was a great weekend. Nobody believed it. The next year, We had $1.127 million for the weekend. Uh, Last year, no, two years ago, we had $1.16. Last year, Heart for the Harvest, $1.34. We had some other things, some houses and stuff that were given on top of that. And last weekend, where did we go? It's going in the right direction. Would you say? 1.63. Now, since that number of 1.26, 1.263 million, someone gave me fifty thousand dollars. And another another $16,000 has come in since Thursday when our creative team got the last number Aaron had. So right now, we are well over $1.3 million on Heart for the Harvest. So it is the greatest offering that we have ever had in the history of the church. And, man, way to go. So grateful. Uh, humbled at at how people sacrifice, at how people gave, and how as a church we rallied together because we really do want to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee, don't we? And from the world, we, we just want to make a difference. And as a church, we have so much to be thankful for as the people called Faith Promise. Now, the government deemed this a holiday a long time ago. And so it's easy not to go to work, but it's hard to be thankful Thankfulness is a difficult concept. Before the government of America deemed this a national holiday, God had begun speaking about Thanksgiving thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago. All the way back. You can go back to the book of Genesis. Thanksgiving is a huge concept all the way through the Bible. Would you all agree with that? Now, as we get ready for this week and this holiday, I want us to think about about attitude. Now, would you agree that attitude is important? And you can see an attitude coming, can't you? When your kids got to be teenagers, did they cop some attitude? I mean, they walk in the house. You didn't have to say things, i just say, hey man, you better give that a- you better take that attitude back on out. Or it's finna get ugly up here in the house. So turn around and go out, leave that attitude. And y- y'all know what I'm talking about attitude is absolutely huge. And if you go all through the Bible, you will find an arsenal for your attitude. Different attitudes that as Christ followers, we are to have. And these, the, this, the, our attitude begins to be an arsenal for us to walk in spiritual warfare. Does that make sense? Attitude is just pervasive. And so I want to give you, as we think about Thanksgiving, I want to think about Thanksgiving as warfare and really Thanksgiving as a, the gratitude as a grenade that we throw. I mean, think about that. Gratitude. Every time you're at work and everybody starts gripping and complaining, you just pull the pin and launch your gratitude in there. You know what i talking about? Well, I'm so grateful I have a job today. That'll go over well, won't it? But listen, as the people of God walking with an attitude of gratitude, you just pull the pen and launch that grenade of gratitude. Uh, this, thing's, this, this Thursday, what a great day to launch as people are sitting and talking about maybe the food took too long or the turkey's this or, you know, there wasn't mashed potatoes or there was mashed potatoes. Whatever's going on, that, that you just go ahead and launch into right there in the kitchen a grenade of gratitude. You know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? And that's what we should do everywhere. But it's very difficult because gratitude or thanksgiving, we're going to use those interchangeably. Gratitude is so opposite to human nature. Would y'all agree with that? Now let me ask you a question. Would your life or your home or your family be better if the people that lived with you had more gratitude? Would it be better? See, there's no question about it. When you pull the pin and you throw the, you throw the grenade of gratitude, man, you defeat the devil. You defeat darkness. You defeat depression. You defeat that, that poor pitiful me. You just, you, you launch it and you can throw it everywhere. You can throw it at work. You can throw it at home. You can throw it on the ball field, in the classroom. You can just throw it because pretty much everywhere you go, people are griping and complaining. And, and, and when people think, well, if I had some more, I'd be grateful. That is a lot. How much more could we have? Are you with me? I mean, we're all going to have a hog fest Thursday. Aren't we? It's, it's not about more. First Thessalonians 5.18 is it just, just a verse that deals with this. In everything, not for, but in everything, give what? Give thanks for this is God's what? So, let me ask you a question. Is it God's will that you walk thankfully? Is it God's will that you have an attitude of gratitude? You're sure about that? Does everybody have one? No, that's what I thought. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you you entered into Jesus, when you walked out of darkness into light, when when you were saved, when you were resurrected spiritually, when you were given new life then you were given a new heart, and that heart is to be full of gratitude. Matter of fact, can I tell you something? It is so difficult to worship God or to praise God if you don't have a heart full of gratitude. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to gather out at every campus the table of the Lord, and we're going to tell Jesus, thank you that you spilled all your blood and that your body was crucified on a cross for us, aren't we? Man, we're just going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. So, But it's very difficult when you take that body and the blood and you're not really grateful because you should have more. You didn't get enough. Or you got, you know, somebody cut you off or somebody did whatever. You know, we we should take video in the parking lot with people leaving on Sunday morning because there's a lot of lost people. They people drive lost anyway. And so... Again, it's not, well, if I just had more, Pastor, if I just had more, I'd be grateful. It's just not true. But let me go to one of my favorite gratitude passages because it so proves what we're talking about. Let's look at, let's go back to Luke 17, 11 through 19, and let's look at, let's look at this gratitude passage. Or Really, really it's, it doesn't appear to be a gratitude passage, but that's what it's about. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers, leprous men, who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, shouting, screaming. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now when one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, Glorifying God with a what? Loud Loud voice. Do you know what that word loud voice is in the Greek? Megasphone. Megasphone. Do you know what that word means? Megaphone. A megaphone shouted to the top of his lungs, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving him what? And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten I almost feel Jesus is a little ripped about this, a little chapped about this. Hey, dude, wasn't there ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, you know what? We could, If we were mathematicians, we'd say nine out of ten people are not grateful. Now, that's an extrapolation, so I I call that spiritual speculation. But, But as we look, here's 10 lepers walking up to Jesus. Jesus is traveling. There's a crowd around him, and there's 10 leprous men. Now, leprosy is a horrible disease. It's terrible. It separates you from your family You read the Levitical law about it. You had to move out. You lived in a cave. You didn't live in a nice leprosarium. You lived in a cave or in a field. You and all your leprous friends, you could not enter where people were. You had to have bells on and shout unclean everywhere you went. It separates you. That's why the, the I, th- I think that's why the Bible, why God uses leprosy as an illustration of sin, because sin separates from God, it separates us from people, and it and sin, if we allow it to, it will eat us up like a cancer, will it? And that's what leprosy does. It just it, it eats people up. So in verse 12, the, the, they the Bible says, and they stood at a far distance. See, they stood at a distance because that was a biblical law. They couldn't get near anybody. In verse 13, they cried for help, shouting in a loud voice, you know, raising their voices. Again, Megas phone. You didn't realize you were Greek scholars. Jesus, have mercy on us. Help us. Come on. And Jesus says something to these lepers. But Jesus should have never said what he said to them because what Jesus said was, go show yourself yourself to the priest. This command is only to a cleansed leper. A leper was not allowed in the temple. They couldn't go near the temple because they were unclean. So Jesus looks at 10 leprous men and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they begin to make their journey. Maybe they debate. Maybe they complain. They're not going to let us in. and, And they go. It's, it, 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 you know, it, again, it's what Jesus would say to someone who's already healed, but Jesus knew they were going to be healed, didn't he? So they start on their way back, and they're walking, and all of a sudden noses appear and ears come back, and, and they begin looking at each other, and, man, they're shocked, and the Bible says that they begin to notice that they are, that they are cleansed. They have this mass healings going on, and they see it. They, again, they're looking at each other, and they just have a party. They're celebrating. Look at all this. Look what's going on. <clears throat> Nine Jews and a Samaritan. That's sort of puzzling why. Jesus, or Luke, the doctor, would record this for us. For one, Jews and Samaritans never associated, did they? But misery brings all kinds of people together, doesn't it? And so the masses commiserate in their misery. And so these lepers got together, their misery, even though they were of different, you know, the, the, the ethnical persuasions and they would basically never be around each other, their misery puts them together. And, and you know, people always find somebody to gripe with, don't they? You ever noticed that? We could have 10,000 people in a room and the five negative people would find each other. It's like a magnet. They, just, they would just find each other. Because everybody wants to invite you to their black tie pity party, don't they? And tell you how terrible they have it, how horrible they have it. How, how, it's just, it's, it's awful. But the Samaritan notices that in verse 15, he notices. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been what? Immediately. He doesn't pass go. He doesn't claim $200. Immediately turned back to glorify God with a megaphono, with a megaphone, he begins to praise God. He begins to toss the grenade of gratitude before he ever gets to Jesus. A loud thank you. Fell on his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Man, I'm talking about he at loud requests but loud thanksgiving. Should we be thankful? We ought to be loud about it. We ought to be tossing that grenade. Again, we, he, verse 16, he falls on his face at the feet of Jesus, which is a posture of worship and a posture of gratitude. Again, 90% of them never even went back. We don't even know what they did. We know they were healed, don't we? We don't know if they went to the priest because the only way you could get back in society was to go show yourself to the priest. The priest would declare you clean and then you could go back home and back to your job and back to the life that you had before, the, before you were stricken with the disease of leprosy. And so we don't know what they did, but we do know this. They never said thank you. When you were a kid, did your mom and dad teach you to say thank you? But, but once we get it, is is that only for little children? Somehow we think as we get older, we don't have to say it anymore. Henry Ward Beecher said this. I love this quote. A proud man is seldom a grateful man, for he never thinks he gets as much as he deserves. When we think we should have gotten more, we're never grateful for what we have, are we? And are, Haven't we, as, 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 as consumerized Americans, become critical about everything? We go to the restaurant, we gripe about the service, we gripe about the food, we gripe about the, or, or is that, y'all know what I'm talking about? And so, you know, now what people say, hey, wait a minute, Pastor, if I would have been healed of leprosy, I'd have gone back and said thank you. Is anybody saved in any of our campuses this weekend? Anybody, anybody saved? Anybody? Okay. So if you've been saved, you've been healed. In fact, you were dead in trespasses and sins on your way to a devil's hell and God literally resurrected your spirit and breathed life in you, wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. It is a gl- You were already healed. So we already, listen, if all Jesus ever did was save us and never did anything else for us, we should worship our way all the way through eternity, shouldn't we? Come on, should we? So, It doesn't matter Thursday if you're eating fried bologna or Spam or a deep fried turkey. It's not about what's set in front of us. It's about what's set inside of us. And that is the attitude of gratitude should be there. We ought to be chunking that grenade. Would you all agree with that? So let me give you four thankful thoughts. Let me give you four ways as we get ready for the Lord's Supper, as we get ready for the holiday, I want to give you four four thankful thoughts that just help you in learning to to launch that grenade. Are you ready? Are you ready? So number one, express thanks by what? By faith. Because, see, if gratitude is a grenade, it's a discipline. And and, and this is the deal. Sometimes you don't feel thankful. Would you all agree with that? And so, be thankful anyway. Just go ahead and say it, even if you don't feel it. You ever get mad at your spouse and don't feel like you're in love? You bunch of cowards. <laughs> like You are going... You, mm. <laughs> I mean, do you know the difference between winners and whiners? Whiners feel it and then do it. Winners do it and then feel it. Well, if I felt like I'd exercise or I'd do this, if I felt like I'd I'd read my Bible. Listen, winners do it and then they feel like doing it. They don't wait for their feelings. Your feelings are a horrible engine for the train. They're a wonderful caboose, but they're a terrible engine to drive your life. So fake your feelings. Are Are we supposed to be grateful? Shouldn't we have an attitude of gratitude? Yes. Then just say it. I'm grateful. Thank you, God. I'm grateful. And you got to know hoop car. I mean, hunk of junk. Thank God for this hunk of junk car because it's better than walking. Isn't it? Especially when it's cold. Well, it doesn't have an air conditioner. Well, it you got 55 by 4. 55 miles an hour, roll down four witness, baby. You I mean you've got some kind of it's better than walking. And so, be grateful by faith, but speak to those things that are not as though they are. In my quiet time, every day I have a thankful section. God, I'm thankful for you and for salvation and health and Michelle and her children. Sometimes I don't put that part in. And, you know, I'm grateful for this and just until, you know what happens after a few minutes? I'm grateful. I feel grateful. Then I say, okay, I'm done. Now I'm going to go to something else. Number two, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Express thanks for the small things. Express thanks, giving, and attitude, of gratitude for the small stuff, Not to be big, Zig Ziglar said this. I love Zig. He got promoted. He's in heaven. The more you recognize and express gratitude for the things you have, the more you will have to express gratitude for. It's all about perspective. Now, God and Moses both warned Israel as they were about to go in the promised land. Hey, you're going to the promised land. You're going to move in cities you didn't build. You're going to inhabit homes you didn't build. There's going to be farms already planted. There's going to be a harvest. You're going to move into a full nation. You're going to walk in. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be wonderful. But you know what God said? And as soon as you do, you're going to forget me. As soon as I give you everything I've ever promised you, you're going to take it all for granted. You're going to do what I call take and turn. Grab it and go. You know what I'm talking about? Grab that blessing, go on. Grab that blessing, take it and turn. We take it from God and we turn away from God. We take it from God and we turn away from God. Does this make sense? We take it and turn. We take it and turn. Instead of stopping and receiving it from God said, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. We look over here and say, but you know my neighbor's got a nicer car. My neighbor's got this. and How come I don't have that? So we take it and turn. And we grieve God because we're not, we don't walk in an attitude of gratitude. It's human nature to complain, isn't it? Go all the way back to the garden. They were complaining. All the I mean, you can from the recorded history. But the more that you complain, the less that you'll obtain. Because you'll see yourself as as less and having less. And complaining becomes a way of life, doesn't it? Some people are gifted. It's a spiritual gift for some people. And do you know what I do? I do my best. Listen, I do my best to stay away from those people. Is that, do you really? Oh yeah, I see them coming, I just go down another aisle. I really do, because I don't want to hear it. Are you with me? Now somebody has a somebody, you know, needs one of me or one of our pastors to pray. I, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they're just people that walk, every time you see them, it's bad. You know what I'm talking about? Eeyore. Are you with me? Eeyore. It's horrible. Number three, can you handle two more? Can you handle? All right. Number three, express thanks during or in tribulation. This is the best time. It's easy to give thanks when the sun's shining and everything's great. It's easy to give thanks when you're going to a bowl game. It's easy to give thanks when your team's winning, you have money in the bank, and all the kids are healthy. It's easy. But if you'll throw the grenade of gratitude in the midst of tribulation, Fear will disappear and faith will appear. When, you, when you're grateful to God in the midst of tribulation, you know what happens? It shows that you have faith in God, that you believe Romans eight twenty eight that God will work all things together for his good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. When, if you've walked with God long enough, you've realized, haven't you, God, you know, something happened and you were mad about it? And then later you saw why it happened and you're so glad it did. Has that ever happened to y'all? And so, you know, I think this morning, I was literally, I, I mean, I was so excited about hunting. I'm serious. 4.45, couldn't go back to sleep. Got up, man, I'm ready, get in the truck, about to go, head to the deer stand, and the power steering pumps out. I said, mm. Well, maybe I was going to fall asleep, fall out of the deer stand this morning. that have been unpleasant. Why, why, did, why did the hose pop off at that time? I don't know. But you know what? I trust God. So I went in, rejoiced, made made another cup of coffee, got my Bible in general, had a wonderful time with the Lord. It was going to be good either way. Does this make sense? And so if you walked with God long enough, you'll realize you'll see it over and over. Well, I can't believe believe that happened then. Oh, wow, look at that. Thank you, God, you did that. I was talking with a couple, and and she was telling me two or three times she put in for a job and, and was so upset she didn't get the job. And then, would, would stand, and then the whole department would be laid off that she would have been in and said, you know, I realize now that, that God's going to always work all things out together for good. Does that make sense? So rejoice when you encounter tribulation. Rejoice when, when it hits the fan. Rejoice. to show God you love him. And number four, one more, express thanks tangibly. It does no good to experience gratitude if you don't express gratitude. That's why we worship demonstratively. That's why we clap. That's why we raise our hands. That's why we celebrate. That's why we encourage you guys to get it. Why? Because it is a demonstrative worship and a demonstrative, hey, God, thank you. And hey, God, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so that's why the worship leader is always trying to get you, come on, raise your hands to God to teach you in worship to just express that. It doesn't do any good to feel it if you don't express it. Does that make sense? So show God in worship you're grateful. Show your family, not just Thursday, for, Chris, for Christians every day is Thanksgiving. For Christians every day is Christmas. man. For Christians, every day is Easter. For, that's just for us. I mean, it's to celebrate it, that he came, that he wrote every single day. So we show it to God. Show it to your family. Now, again, not just Thursday. Man, let your family know. We'll gather whoever's at our house. There's no telling who will be there. And we'll gather around, and everybody will have to say something they're thankful for. And they can't use what anybody else said. So everybody wants to start. And what, you know, just so, show it to your friends. Let your friends know how grateful you are that they're your friends, your small group. And don't just be thankful for stuff. Come on, you guys get more stuff. Be thankful for people. Be thankful for relationships. Ephesians five says this: eighteen through twenty. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation. But be what. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to have an attitude of gratitude, by the way. Let me show you. Fill with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your what? Heart to the Lord. Always giving what? See, if you are full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be thankful. You're going to be chunking that grenade of gratitude at everybody for all things. In the name of our Lord Jesus to God, even the Father, when we're full of the Spirit, we're full of gratitude. Is that right? And so listen, thanks is the gate you take to God. Again, we're j- just a couple minutes, we're going to gather around at every campus. If the worship teams and campus pastors would begin to make their way uh, to the place at all of our campuses, guys, if you just go ahead and begin to make your way there. But, but I want you to remember this. This is tweetable. Thanks is the gate you take to God. Enter into his courts with? And enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. So if you want to access God, the gate you take is thanksgiving. Is that right? Now, so many disciples dismiss that door and they forfeit a ton of intimacy with God because they don't take the gate of thanksgiving. Does this make sense? See, you got to work on your attitude because your attitude is a part of your arsenal. And if you want to walk the abundant life, have the joy and victory, then you're going to have to develop an attitude of gratitude. And some of you are surrounded by negative people. And it's way easier to pull somebody down than to pull you up. Isn't that right? You be the one chunking that grenade. Just start chunking it at people. Man, just, hey, I'm so grateful. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Now, listen, some of you all across our campuses, listen, we're about to take the table of the Lord, but you don't have a relationship with him yet. You've never been born again. You've never been saved. You've never, you've never repented, turned away from your sins, and turned to Jesus and put your faith and trust in him to save you. But you've been coming, and God's been speaking to you, and you're ready to, you're ready to establish that relationship. So if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus with every head bowed, every eye closed at every campus, would you just pray with me? We're going to pray out loud with you this confessional prayer. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come in my heart. I confess you as my Lord, my Savior. I put my faith in you. You died for me. You rose from the grave, and now I will live for you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, now, this is the deal. Go ahead. Amen. Give him some praise. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, if you'll take in your communication card during this time of taking the Lord's Supper and worship, if you'll fill that out, or maybe you need to get in a group or sign up for our Next Steps class to find out more what's going on and you want to be a part of the core, you need whatever, fill that out. We, we can put in the, you can put in the offering uh, boxes as after this time when we're dismissed. And so we're going to, we're just going to, let's, let's just go ahead and stand and the praise team's going to come out at every campus. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful that Jesus died on the cross and we gather around these tables and we take up that cracker, we remember his body, and then we take that juice of the fruit of the vine and we remember his blood. Would you fill us with thanksgiving like we've never experienced? Would you move across every campus radically? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say. There's pastors up front if you need to pray with someone. But look all around you, behind you, in front of you. There are places just as we worship. Go ahead and make your way. And then make your way back to your seat.